This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, September 4th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Chris Hummer, the National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. Chris, we had football on the tube last night. We've got football this weekend as well. I imagine you're feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, man. Injected it into my veins. It's it's college football season. Let's go. We've got actual FBS football to watch, and it's a great feeling. It's been a long offseason. And I think the best thing about Saturday's slate is there are three games on actual ESPN, so not ESPN3 and and not anywhere where you might not get it, but Eastern Kentucky, which is FCS at Marshall at 1 o'clock Eastern on Saturday on ESPN. SMU at Texas State, 4.30 Eastern on ESPN. And then Arkansas State at Memphis, 8 o'clock on ESPN. That Arkansas State-Memphis game is going to be pretty interesting to see how Memphis looks with a new coaching staff, Ryan Silverfield. Uh, Mike Norvell is obviously off at Florida State. Kenny Gainwell, the star running back, opted out. But they still have quarterback Brady White. They're still a favorite, although not the favorite, that it would be UCF in the American Conference. Chris, that's, you know, I, I think some some podcasts could spend time talking about the Memphis team. I, I think I'm more intrigued, though, by SMU right is it, now. Is it, and, is it because of the person who leads them and the school we both attended? I think so, yeah. I, Shane Bouchelle, his college career, it, it, I mean, Obama was president when Shane Bouchelle, you know, first started playing college football, and he he's just been around forever. He's had so many different roles. He's been star, true freshman quarterback, face of the franchise. He's been the guy in the quarterback battle. He's been the the loyal backup who comes in to win the game. He's been the transfer expat, and then last year he was a star for SMU. And I think this is a, this is a really fun team. Reggie Robertson at receiver. They've got a new Juco receiver, James Gray. I believe they have high expectations for, and you have a story today uh, on with Shane Bouchelle or on Shane Bouchelle talking to Shane Bouchelle sort of about his career and, and where he's at now. And I'm interested in maybe your main takeaway from that piece. Well, there, there we covered a lot of ground and I think we'll hear from Shane here, but, um, We'll get to this in a little bit, I'm sure, but Shane and the rest of the group of five are thinking playoff right now. Uh, it's going to be a really intriguing storyline this year with two Power Five conferences sitting out, and we're going to have the opportunity potentially to have a group of five playoff crasher, and we might finally get to see a UCF get to take on the big boys. It'll be a lot of fun, and SMU's got a team fully capable of making that run. I'm glad you mentioned that. And let's go ahead and, and knock out our, our playoff talk for group of five. And then, and we'll, and we'll listen to what Shane has to say about it and keep talking about it. Um, but Chris, do you think the, the group of five, is it scheduled more set up or less set up to help it make the playoff AKA or uh, not AKA, but 
you lose your your big power five games, although SMU does play TCU pretty soon. Yeah. But you also probably increase your chances of going undefeated. And if you can go undefeated in a time in which only three power five conferences are playing, you'd probably probably make enough noise to sneak into the playoff, right? I th- maybe. <laughs> I, I think it's a maybe, but I think the chances are much better this year than in past years. I think UCF's... Um, peak kind of of the playoff uh, rankings was number eight. But when you cut out two conferences, you're cutting out two potential Power Five champions. So that makes it much easier for them to get there. And given that we're seeing only conference only schedule this year, um, an undefeated record might stand out in a way it hasn't in the past. I think there's a really decent chance that the Power Five winners are at best eight and two. Maybe Alabama or Clemson figures out a run the way to run the table or go nine and one or something to that effect. I guess Clemson would go 10 and one, but like, it's a very difficult path for these power five teams this year to kind of be undefeated and go unscathed. So in that way, I think it really creates an opportunity for a group of five team to look dominant. And that's the key. It has to look dominant. There's no way a group of five teams getting into the playoff. If it has like a Miami in 2017 and just squeaks by everybody to be undefeated, that won't happen. But as long as you look dominant and you go undefeated, and you beat a couple really quality American teams, and the American will have four or five teams that will be ranked by season's end, I think the American has a decent shot of producing a playoff contender this year. I really do. I don't think the odds are 50% or better, but like, I don't think it's a long shot or as long of a shot it has been recently. All right, let's hear what Shane Bouchelle told you about perhaps making the playoff. You have to, like, I'm sure, like, in the building, y'all are probably saying not to say this, but, like, is the idea of a playoff, like, kind of in the back of your mind a little bit with the two conferences kind of sitting out and maybe the American kind of stepping into that role as the fourth major league? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see it. Um, and then with, it's kind of big because, you know, is supposed to be a really good team this year. And, you yeah. know, if, if we go if we go there and we get a win, now that's just as to our resume. And so... Uh, you know, we're going to be able to play some good teams in our conference, and um, hopefully they'll be able to put a team from our conference in the, in the playoff. Chris, he mentioned, and, and we're going to hear what he has to say about it, but all the different people he's played for, and he committed to Texas when they had one offensive coordinator, and so studied up on that playbook, and they get to college, they have a different OC, you know, Texas had, uh, then Texas fires Charlie Strong, brings in Tom Herman. Eventually, he transfers, blew up last year uh, under Rhett Lashley, and, and is probably the reason why Rhett Lashley gets back on his feet at Miami. I mean, Shane last year, 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, completion percentage of about 63, nearly 4,000 yards. Now, he's got Garrett Riley as his OC. That's obviously a familiar name, Lincoln's little brother. What are your expectations for this SMU offense in 2020? I think it's it's got a chance to be really explosive. It was a season ago. I think SMU finished eighth in the FBS in points per game. Um, and I I feel like a coordinator change certainly gets some attention. But at the end of the day, like Sonny Dykes is the head coach. And for those who don't remember, Sonny Dykes is a part of that air raid tree. He's long been considered one of the best offensive minds in college football. They're not going to really change what was uh, working from a season ago, even with Rhett Lachey or Lashley um, leaving the program. Um, Garrett Riley, I think, might be exactly 30 years old. He's a really hot up-and-coming name, obviously a really familiar name for people around the Big 12 country uh, being Lincoln's brother. But it's going to look really similar to a season ago. They're going to pass the ball a lot. Their receiving group is 
excellent, even with James Prochet moving on to the Baltimore Ravens. Reggie Robertson, as you noted, um, is going to be 100% healthy this year. He was averaging over 100 yards per game before suffering a season-ending injury in Week 8. Um, Rasheed Rice uh, really popped out as a true freshman a season ago. Danny Gray, a JUCO transfer, as you mentioned, is supposed to be really good. They have one of the best tight ends in the country in Kylan uh, Granson. So, like, all of those pieces uh, kind of put together with Shane Bouchelle is going to create a very, very productive offense. All right, let's go back to Shane to hear what he has to say about all those different coaches he's had. I'm sure no matter what, you're going to end up running a lot of mesh and stuff like that. But um, how have things changed with Coach Lashley moving on to Miami and Coach Riley coming in? I know Coach Dykes, obviously, has a pretty well, significant role in the offense. But um, like, how are you expecting things to change a little bit this year with the kind of coordinator change? Yeah, you know, they, they have it's, the schemes are, are similar. Um, terminology and, and stuff like that is a little different. So it's, it's not learning a whole new offense, but it's just learning the way they coach, learning the way they call it. Um, and so that's been a little bit different, but I mean, other than that, it'll be pretty similar. Um, you know, we were successful last year and so we don't want to be extremely different and just change everything up. We want to do some of the same things that we did last year so we can carry it over. That's gotta be refreshing for you. If I'm thinking back on your Texas career, what did you have? Did you have three different coordinators in two, three years? My, yeah, pr- pretty, pretty much. Yeah. I came in, in high school, I was kind of learning one and then. My freshman year, I learned a, a different system, and then uh, and then Coach Kurt Herman came and, and learned a different system. So it was three, ultimately three different different systems that I had to learn, and you know, ultimately it was good for me. Um, obviously, I wish it was different, but um, you know, learning the different systems like that it, it helps you learn uh, and helps you kind of take away different things from each system. The College Football Daily will be right back. So, Chris, is this is, is Shane Bouchelle an NFL draft prospect? You look at him, he's 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 a little bit more uh, muscled up than he used to be, but he's still a pretty thin guy. He's not that big, but he's always thrown a really pretty deep ball. He isn't, you know, gonna beat you with his legs, but he can he can move around in the pocket a little bit. And when you were about to talk to him, I I was like, hey ask him about this eligibility rule because it seems like most of these guys, once their college career is kind of played out, it's played out. And by the end of 2020, you know, Shane might want to test NFL draft waters. Um, he had a really interesting answer on that. But before we toss back to our correspondent in Dallas, I, I want to see what, what you think and, and what maybe the landscape would say about Shane Bouchel. Is he just a great college quarterback? Does he have some upward potential here? Yeah, it's interesting. I've been covering Shane for a long time. I met him when he was a senior in high school and he was committed to Texas. I used to cover Texas. And I remember uh, just standing outside watching him practice at Arlington Lamar on more than one occasion. And he was a really thin guy, as you mentioned. I think he was maybe 180 pounds in high school. And that might be generous. I think he was probably more like 175, 170 pounds. He's listed at 210 right now. And if he can maintain that weight, I think he's got a decent chance to be a draft pick down the line if he has a similar production to this year. He's a he's a pretty decent athlete. He's not like a burner, but he's going to run a 4.8 in the 40, essentially. In high school, he had around a 34-inch vertical jump. 20-yard uh, shuttle is like a four th- or 4.3, which is really solid. Um, he's not going to wow you, but in today's kind of NFL, 
where accuracy is a premium, the ability to get the ball out quickly is at a premium, and the ability to throw a deep ball is at the premium. Shane checks all those boxes. And if he can have another good season of college production, I think he legitimately has a chance to be drafted. And honestly, it'll be really interesting to see where Shane and Sam Ellinger end up in that draft class, kind of at the end of the day, given their tied history together. But that all kind of leads into that question about a fifth or a sixth season of eligibility for Shane. He's going to be a six-year senior next year if he chooses to come back. And, I mean, it's just speculation based on his answer, which we'll hear in a second. But I would be surprised if Shane chose to kind of come back for a sixth season. And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of um, college athletes. At a certain point, your kind of career runs its course. And you don't really feel like you have anything more to do in college. And I think Shane wants to be an NFL quarterback. And I think you'll kind of hear shades of that and a kind of diplomatic answer you'll hear in a second, but it's, I think it's pretty compelling. Yeah. Let's toss to Shane. Um, The NCAA has given all seniors a chance to come back if they choose to. Um, Are you planning to return in 2021? What kind of thought have you given that? Yeah. You know, I haven't really thought too much about it. Um, And I feel like I've been in college for, 15 years um so i mean it it just kind of depends on how this season goes um but i haven't exactly thought about you know if i'm if i'm coming back or if i'm leaving for sure well i covered i used to cover texas very briefly while you were there but i covered you a little as a recruit so it's kind of nice to have you in college football it doesn't make me feel quite as old as i normally feel so i kind of around um what factors would kind of go into that decision um as you kind of think about it yeah you know um, you know, we we want to have a successful year, and you know, we, we want to be we want to be uh, really good on offense. And so, you know, just I, it, it's just tough. You know, I I you kind of end the season, and you kind of hear some talks about um, if you're going to be a draft guy or not, um, a high pick, and going forward with that, and then just kind of depending on and what comes back um, on your team. And so. There's a lot of factors that go into staying or leaving, but, um, you know, I'd like to make the decision at the end of the season. It's interesting how honest he was. He probably, well, I don't know if he's really had much time to think about that question. It's a, it's a pretty new rule. The, the thing is, like sixth year, fifth year, whatever, that's, that's a rare thing in college football. And when that happens, it's, it's not by design. It's because of an injury or because of a transfer or whatever, we haven't really, we don't have any, any um, history of, of players just like choosing to play five full years of college football. And if you're a fan of a school like SMU, that sounds great to, to bring Shane Bouchelle back and make another run at it in 2021. If you're just purely a, a stats guy and if, if you're Shane Bouchelle and says, hey, I want to end in the top 10 in a certain number of record books for you know, conference, NCAA, school history, whatever. Great. I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a five-year player, three-year starter at SMU, you know, one-and-a-half-year starter at Texas. But there's probably a pride element involved. You're like the guy who just has to repeat fifth grade three times. And, and you're sure you're beating up everybody uh, on the blacktop. But it's a, at a certain point, it's probably time to move on. And I think we're going to see Shane do that. And probably anyone else who could even get drafted next spring. Yeah, and I, I've talked to a I've talked to a couple people about this subject, and the general consensus is if you have any remote possibility of being drafted, you kind of make that jump. Like your earnings potential window, and the NFL is pretty limited. Um, 
professional football particularly has a really short lifespan of a career for athletes. I think the average is three years in the NFL. So if you have that opportunity when you're younger to make that money, you take that opportunity to make money. And I think we have seen a couple players kind of take a sixth year. Brady White, who we talked about earlier, is a perfect example. He's a sixth year senior for Memphis this year. But Brady White felt like he had to come back and prove himself to the NFL to get drafted. And I, I think Brady White has some limitations kind of from an arm talent perspective that kind of lended to that and lended to him coming back. But for the most part, like a guy like Shane, who is a late round draft pick, most likely like I think you're going to see him jump on that because you only have that opportunity once that window is limited and if you've played enough college football to kind of feel satisfied with your career I don't know why you wouldn't want to try to move on to the next thing and I think without saying that but saying that that's kind of what Shane just said earlier and I think you probably got that sense kind of listening to him talk so it'll be an interesting storyline to track yeah for sure. Uh, can't can't wait to watch all of these games this weekend. Excited to see Shane. Excited to see Brady White. SMU is a 22-point favorite. Memphis is a 19-point favorite. That's according to the William Hill Sportsbook. We will be back next week to recap these games and preview the big boy conferences. You know, I hate to say the big boy conferences when we just spent maybe 15 minutes arguing in defense of the group, group of five, five to make the playoff. Group of five yeah. disrespect from Trey right here. Just group of five disrespect. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, correspondent Shane, if you happen to be listening. Excited to watch you play. Uh, for Chris Hummer and for Shane Bouchelle, again, I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you all next time on the College Football Daily.